Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenants? Specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. Carolyn, I've never met one before. Um, they say they're not all that rare, individuals such as this. But in my little world, my small part of the much bigger world, I really don't get much opportunity to actually speak with, talk to, kind of listen to, gain much wisdom and knowledge from world travelers. <laughs> but okay. I have heard that you're a world traveler. It appears that way. <laughs> what, yes, from I, the airplane or from the ground? Yeah, uh, both. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind this past week, and um, we made the comment that um, my husband said that our kids had been more, they had traveled more by the age of like, I don't know, eight or ten than he had his whole life, just due to different conferences and things that we've attended. But um, yes, I I believe that we probably have another trip to uh, New Mexico, probably in the works. And then Bella also wants to go back to Vietnam. And so, yeah, and I'm sure we'll probably be end up back in Nicaragua. Who knows? Well, but I don't know that I consider myself a world traveler. Tim, you and Tim have a missionary ministry. We're part of one, yes. Healing Rain Ministries in Nicaragua, in uh, Matagalpa, Nicaragua. And I think Tim would live there for a while mm -hmm. if he could, but we may have to contain him to three months at a time or something. But um, yes, we are part of that team and we look forward to going back down there again it once again that's a different um, type of scenario other than you know like what they did in Vietnam or what they did in in New Mexico but um, we love Chris and Carmen McBeath if you want to look them up healing rain ministries and they do some awesome works with kids and high schoolers now and all the different um, ministries that they provide, mostly provisions down there, food, things like that. So, is there an answer to jet lag? Rest. <laughs> I don't know. Rest. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, how do you get it? Is there something to make it go quicker? Uh, or are you just know. kind of zonked out for 24 think, hours after? I think you just have to rest and... It's especially hard when they try to, <clears throat> excuse me, force the hours upon you. Does that make sense? When we went to China, they would sort of uh, condition you to think it's night and then condition you to think it's day. It's very odd. I've never been in anything like that, but I guess when you're on an airplane for 23 hours, they have to do something because you're traveling across time zones. So they would turn all the lights off, make everybody shut their windows, and then that was supposed to be your night. <laughs> and then in eight hours or so, they would have everybody open the windows, and then they would come around and, and you know bring you the hot towel or whatever to wake you up, and then they would serve breakfast. And so... You, trying just, to keep you yes, trying keep to keep you on some kind of your schedule. biological clock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very interesting though because I I just 
you know, I thought, what time is it? What day is it? <laughs> you don't know. But, but you don't. Uh, yes. And sometimes life is like that. You know, I was going to say that. Absolutely. that. This idea of being a world traveler, engaging the world. Maybe I don't have to travel the world to know a little um, bit about what that feels like. Uh, maybe I can stay in my little nook. <laughs> My little small portion, small little corner of the world, and uh, really understand that doesn't matter really where you go, how much you travel, how many time zones you might cross, mm-hmm. it can get tiring. Mm-hmm. And maybe the whole answer to everything, <laughs> not only uh, travel, world travel, and those type of things, but everything in life is rest. And whether you do that well, or do you even know how to do that? Mm-hmm. And that's what your point is about being on the airplane. They mm-hmm. were trying to kind of help your body along uh, to get used to, to avoid the jet lag, as mm-hmm. they say, experience. Mm-hmm. I think God tries to help us with that. And through his word, he gives examples of that. Even God literally rested um, but there's also a spiritual type of rest mm-hmm. that we also need to attend to um, in order to do His work. Well, since you've been gone... I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's all right. Yeah, and really, we recorded our last podcasts about two weeks ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have forgotten. I may have forgotten. We even took a little bit of a break by the last podcast because we recorded them both on the same day. Mm-hmm. and. I wanted to do something a little bit different, but I'd like to go back to Isaiah, if we could, Okay. Uh, and we're going to go to 55, and um, for those of you who've been pretty regularly listening to the podcast, we've been talking about Isaiah and his prophecy to uh, Judah, Hezekiah, Israel, uh, and uh, the Assyrians, and how God had... <laughs> His angel of death, or whatever Mm -hmm. we want to call it, had actually given them the victory, and they got a bit of a reprieve, but it wasn't going to be over. Uh, They were unfortunately going to have to go through more. Maybe that's where the wear it out happens. You know, we think it's over. We think we get back. You get some rest. We'll get back in the normal routine. And maybe you do for a while, but then there's another trip. Something else that comes up. I think that's when we are focusing on us. Yeah. When we get tired. Well, and I don't know that I necessarily disagree with you, but I do think that God's okay with focusing on us because he created us, or at least indulging our focus upon us. Mm-hmm. Because when you do get tired, it is you. Mm-hmm. You can do it in the name of the Lord, yeah. but there's only finite resource in a material sort of dimension. Your body can only take so much. Right. You can only go Physically, so long, yes. be sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. And even to some extent, I think the subjective, mm-hmm. those elements, feelings and thoughts mm-hmm. that are very unique and personal to you, mm-hmm. it's really clear in the Bible. God says, uh, I'm not, it's not that I'm not interested, you know, or he, doesn't, he says, I'm, it is that I'm interested. It's mm-hmm. not that he's not interested mm-hmm. in your story. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be Jesus in a direct sort of correlation, but it is Jesus. Right. Uh, may not be David, mm-hmm. me, but in some ways your story and my story, as subjective as they are, as personal as they are, kind of reflects the personal nature of that relationship and all my feelings that go with it, all my passions and desires, mm-hmm. all that that makes us all unique and different. 
God attends to those things. Right. I agree with that. I didn't make. I didn't want it to sound like I didn't agree with that. I, I think we can get caught up in our own thoughts and feelings more and more to where we lose focus as to what's happening. But yes, I definitely, yesterday I didn't go to church yesterday morning because I knew that I needed to stay home and rest, even though part of me wanted to go and I wanted to do what I always do and go and serve the Lord, you know, praise and worship and, you know, possibly talk to people about our trip. I just knew I couldn't do it, and I had to stay home. And I didn't feel at all guilty about it. I felt like God knew I needed to rest. And that was all about you and Mm -hmm. between you and God. Mm -hmm. And I think to some extent that's the wonderful thing about individuals who come to covenants. They should come with a similar expectation. Mm -hmm. It's going to be all about them. Right. And, And as much as they would be open to sharing themselves... And that personal subjective aspect of who they are with us, as much as, again, we would want to share that experience not only with them, but also as they would take that to God. There are some parts of us personally, uniquely, that also are introduced into that. But it is all about them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, as I've been inclined to say, we're along for the ride. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we might offer strategically so some directions of advice but it is all about them and where else except to God can you go where it's going to be entirely about you but that's not selfish that's because they're worn out that's because they're tired that's That's because they're experiencing jet lag that's because (laughs) they've been world travelers Mm -hmm. and once you go out into the world and you make your way around you know, different countries, get on a circuit, so to speak, uh, doing all the things that you do in a lifetime, people end up doing in a lifetime, you get a little bit worn out along the way, and you do have to rest. So I'm going to go to Isaiah 55. And this is really, I think, the whole point of all of this. It's, It's not what you're going to face, not the Assyrians, not the enemy, the adversary even. It's how to rest. How to rest in the Lord. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho! (laughs) It sounds like an English sort of, Mm -hmm. right, declaration. Ho! Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and you labor, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, come unto me here, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David, as God and David were friends. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him to our God 
for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And we could go on. But that was uh, 55, 1 through 10. So this notion, you can measure that again in some material sort of dimension. You can be exhausted. You can be tired. It's like what the devil tried to do to Jesus in the wilderness. He can point out all the things that you need to survive. And it's not that those aren't important. But those aren't enough. Those are the six days. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's when you labor, you work, you create. You contend with all those things that go with, with life. I'm not talking just mortal, material dimension of life and context of mortality. It could be eternal life because God is, in a material sort of way, just as eternal as He is in a spiritual way. We aren't, at least not our physical manifestation as we are now, our flesh. But our soul is. But this rest is not only for the physical when you get worn out, but it really is for the spiritual. And I think that's what Isaiah has tried to say. You're contending with all this struggle. It's not going to end. Wouldn't it be nice if it would just all end tomorrow and then you could just enjoy the rest of your life without any of this struggle? And if you will recall, and our listeners will recall, we spoke about that, Isaiah 53. You're not going to escape the suffering servant. It's just, it's what we're called to be. Christ did it first. Christ makes it possible for us to do it in the Holy Spirit, God's love, salvation. But we are also, too, called to that sort of ministry. It's called going out and living your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I keep thinking about that on the seventh day he rested. But And having done all to stand, when it talks about putting on the armor of God, you know, at the end of the day, we can rest, even though we might be standing, we can rest knowing that, you know, we've done what he's called us to do, and then now it's time for us to let him do his work, whether it be supernatural or, you know, some kind of physical manifestation, whatever that is, whatever it looks like. But there comes a point where we have to rest and, and then see what happens. And that's what, you know, he, he talks about that um, in this scripture. And, you know, and then there's a plea at the end to seek him, you know, while he's near. So. And he's never far. Right. One step away. And that, you know, I was thinking about that when you're talking about the people that come to see us at Covenants. Sometimes it's hard for them to start talking about themselves. And and it is all about them. Sometimes they need a little prodding because they're so caught up in whatever it is that they're doing that there's a sense that they've. They've put themselves on the back burner and they don't, they don't even know how to talk about themselves. So sometimes I have to pull that out and, and sort of, you know, nudge them that way to say it's okay if we stay here and talk about you and talk about what you need. And if that's rest, we'll talk about that, you know, whatever it is. But uh, that's a, you know, tactic that... Um, distraction, you know, the devil um, doesn't want us to go there, but and, we have And I to think that's what you were speaking of earlier. Now, with mm-hmm. that in, in said, we can mm-hmm. go back and kind of pick that up and understand that that in that context, that's mm-hmm. true. 
when you're so preoccupied with yourself, <laughs> you forget about God. You know, this is hurting, that is hurting, this right. is bad, that right. is bad. Right. Oh, woe is me. Yeah. And I, I don't want to take anything away because it's okay. Again, right. we said that. Right. It's okay to have those feelings. The subjective is not evil. Mm-hmm. It's what you do or don't do when you're feeling bad. It's like Elijah when he was hiding, you know, I'm going to die. I'm the last one. And then what? the The... Is that when the raven brought him food or the angel brought him food? And then he rested. He took a nap. <laughs> so the, this notion is we do need the rest. Mm-hmm. And as much as, again, we need the rest, there's only really a singular rest that satisfieth, mm-hmm. as I might then use the King James mm-hmm. translation. And that's what we were reading earlier in Isaiah 55. But you know how I like to do it. I like to jump ahead and show what we're really the target is mm-hmm. if if that's what we're we're doing now we're talking about the rest to continue the journey mm-hmm. let me just remind not only Isaiah 53 with the suffering servant example but but <laughs> let me let me offer if that's the more humid sort of aspect of it mm-hmm. if that's the more subjective the Isaiah let me let me offer how God sees Isaiah 53 and probably how Jesus from both sides of it this is where the temptation is The devil would want to convince you to look at the suffering servant and fail to see it within the context, as we're trying to do with the podcast today, within how God sees it. (laughs) Or how we could see it if we just begin to realize it's not only about us. We have to move outside of our feelings long enough. We have to seek God's thoughts, His ways, which are higher, which we just got through reading, in order for us to really understand what he is calling us to. Mm-hmm. And, and this really is the glory of the Lord, what I'm about to read. That is too, Isaiah 53, because Isaiah 53, that all sets up the, what I'm going to read here in 61. Okay. Starting with verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, or otherwise, trees of life, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Remember, the picture, I don't know if we'll get to it or not. It's in the same passage. It, it goes to the end of Isaiah. But he prophesies about the new Jerusalem. But if you remember, there's a river of living water that proceeds out of the throne of God. And alongside of it are trees of life that bear fruit in all seasons for those that don't know how to enter into his rest. They're so busy taking care of life, or what they think life to be, the way that seems right unto them, but leads only unto death, mm-hmm. that they can't understand. No, yes, it's okay to be subjective, mm-hmm. but no, if you make that your priority, you're going to miss out on the real priority. Right. And I'm going to, if you allow me, I'm going to finish it and then I'll let you mm-hmm. comment. Yeah. Uh, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, oil for joy, or oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise 
for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers. You, the ministers of our God. You, or ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast yourselves. Well, that, that's a funny word when you tell people, um, you know, you're a priest, and they kind of look at you sort of funny. <laughs> I'm not a priest. Well, God's Word says you are, and, you know, same thing with like saint. People say, well, I'm no saint. And, well, God's Word says you are. And so I love that that scripture and this whole chapter actually is, is really great. I have most of it highlighted. But you'll be called priests of the Lord, named ministers of our God, and you'll feed on the wealth of the nations. This is the NIV translation. And in their riches you will boast. And be called priests of the Lord. I don't think that when we're not in His rest, we don't feel like we're priests or ministers. We feel less than because we're going on how we feel and subjective, like you said. But God's Word says otherwise. And I think we need to go by that versus our feelings, even though, you know, it's our feelings and we're not going to deny them, like you said. But sometimes we have to look and see what does God say about that and then make that our truth. And, and I think that is the thing that, as much as I'm along for the ride, as much as the Word really, as much I might then... Mm -hmm deliver it or it might be brought to my remembrance in that moment mm -hmm. as Jesus told his disciples don't worry trust mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit as he might lead me guide me in the situation mm -hmm. it's the lens because even as you're saying that and it is proper again there's nothing wrong with looking at this from Carolyn's point of view perspective or Dave's perspective or even the perspective of my mortality or the fact or the fact that my enemy is winning I don't want my enemy to win. I don't want the heathen to win. And I've got to be careful how I say that because it sounds racist. It's not racist. It's about well, you've got two places you could end up. You could either be one with God or you're out there with the rest of them. You can say, well, that's elitism or that's like, again, some sort of prejudice or racism or it's whatever. It's no, it's truth. not. It's, it's truth. Just, yes, you're either going to align with the truth or you're not. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to apologize for that and the scripture is not racist. Right. The scripture is trying to capture though, mm -hmm. maybe it could have picked different words. Heathen to them was the worldly, the mammon. Mm -hmm. Who are you going to serve, God or mammon? Are you going to be wheat or tares, yeah. sheep or goat? Mm -hmm. But in the end, that's all it comes down to. Yeah. Because in the end, that's all we've got. The difference between us and them, so to speak, is Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus and then the mind of Christ, which is the lens that you look at it, you're going to look at this in that measure of, oh, I can't believe they've done this to me. Oh, I feel so ashamed. Oh, I feel so awful. Oh, and then you're going to really start to get racist. Because mm -hmm. then in your own mind, you're going to try to justify why, 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 why. I'm a chosen one. I'm a priest. Why? And then you got to go back to the suffering servant 
which then helps us to get to, well, all of that is so you can do this. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord. But it's hard for people to get to that point. They want, they, <laughs> why is this happening? And then when they don't go to that suffering servant, when they don't go to Isaiah 61, it seems like there's a bitterness that takes root. And you have to be really careful there because that's dangerous territory to let that go and let that bitterness sort of grow. And I've seen it happen. And it's a really difficult place to be. Well, I think it's awful because it's miserable. It's about, and they are miserable. You can see it. I mean, it, they plainly are miserable. It's about as close to hell, if not in some exactly. dimension yes. that we might experience what mm -hmm. ultimately will be the worst. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this isn't necessarily the better we're talking about. But it certainly isn't to a finality. Right. But it is hell. Mm -hmm. So if you're still with me, yeah. does it still making some yeah. sense? Okay, yeah. let's go to Isaiah 56, and I know I'm jumping back and forth, but I'm trying to juxtapose, okay. contrast the two, because that's really what it comes down to, is you got a choice. Mm -hmm. You got a choice, I got a choice, everyone's got a choice. What are you going to do with Jesus? Mm -hmm. Right. What are you going to do with this contrast, so to speak? Everybody wants to win. I would presume that most people are not evil they're a bit selfish. <laughs> it's all about me, which probably quickly turns to evil. But they're not necessarily the devil. Right. But they've got to do something with the choice lest they become sons of the devil, mm -hmm. son of perdition. I don't know that you'll become the Antichrist, but it won't do you any good when you're in hell. I mean, right. if, even if there is but one that is like the most evil of all evils, and that's the devil to Satan, Lucifer, to the extreme, why would you want to be an angel of darkness? Why would you want to steal this possible joy? Why would you want to mislead people? Why would you want to get into that, except that you're seeing it through the wrong lens. You're seeing it in that personal, subjective, kind of narcissistic then, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wound sort of way. Well, it's this going is, to end up in the same, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to oh, It's right. going to end up in the same place anyway. You know, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess. So <laughs> they may not, de you know, quote, deal with Jesus now, but they will, and the, eventually they will have to acknowledge him. So either you, you know, decide what you're going to do with him now, or later it'll be decided for you, and you'll still have to acknowledge him. And that's the sad part, is that people don't realize that. Well, right. And, and you know, you could say, again, prejudice. And prejudice, of course, the root word there is judge. Mm -hmm. And you could say, well, yeah, Dave, you're talking about judging people. That's not nice. That's not Christ-like. That's not Christ. You're supposed to love everybody. Yes, I can love everyone, <laughs> but I have to make a judgment mm -hmm. lest I fall into the same. I don't have to go out there and do the same thing. That's what Solomon did and why he got what he got, Right. which isn't necessarily that I don't think he's going to be in heaven. I just think Solomon got incredibly depressed and bitter. Embittered by his life, his his world travels. He, he was a world traveler. Yeah, he had everything and it still wasn't enough. It wasn't, but it wore him out mm -hmm. because he was chasing after for the sake of either comfort, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like drugs, alcohol, right. whatever you could become addicted to in a physical dimension for the sake of comfort or to try to meet those basic needs. Mm -hmm. He was willing to sell his soul. 
whatever those are. But that's the point, right? I mean, I have to make that judgment. And I know it's not the Ten Commandments per se, or it's not so literal that if I mess up on one or two now and then, that I'm going to go to hell. But I've got to keep that in mind because that's the paradigm. Mm -hmm. That's the model. I'm not going to go around condemning people because they make mistakes, but I'm going to say, well, I'm glad though you're at least aware. Right. We're, hopefully we'll go back to the passage I was at a few moments ago or a moment ago in 55 because I want to talk, or excuse me, 61 because I want to talk about the shame. But, you know, I don't want to shame people. Right. God doesn't do that to shame us. He didn't right. do that to shame Adam and Eve such that they would run from him. Mm-hmm. He did that so that they would know right from wrong. <laughs> That's the ultimate judgment. But if you can't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've proven to me you don't know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you're a heathen. Well, and he clothed them. And I think his kindness leads to repentance, not him coming out and yelling at them, what, they, what have you done, Adam and Eve, you know, and shaming them. That's not going to help anyone. No, but they're going to crucify you, but I'm not going to shut up. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to use my tongue as a sword to destroy. Right. But I'm not going to shut up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep that bottled up inside of me. I don't know if I'm Jeremiah or not, but if there's fire in my bones, I am not yeah. going to shut up. If I'm Isaiah, I'm not going to shut up. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we need to realize is if you start bottling that up, shutting up, not only will you not do any good for the people around you, you'll not be those priests, you'll not be those ministers, mm-hmm. but you won't have the anointing because you'll be grieving the Holy Spirit because that's the fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the stuff in you. You'll be putting it out. Because it's just, yes, because it'll be hardening your heart. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. There's no two ways about it. There is two choices. But there's no two ways. You either are for him mm-hmm. or against him. You can't be lukewarm. You can't be middle right. on this stuff. Which doesn't mean you can't get tired. Mm-hmm. It just means if you get tired, you need to be refreshed. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand where that comes from right. so that the suffering servant, which we will all be the suffering servant. Mm-hmm. But at least we get a chance to see it in context of what God really sees it. He doesn't see it like, well, I really don't care about your feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, we said that at the beginning. He cares. Yeah, yeah. he does. He, it's not that he's saying, I really don't appreciate your struggles. Mm-hmm. He does. Mm-hmm. He just says, you can't give in. But he does say, if you will allow me to change the perspective, if you will take on the mind of Christ, Mm -hmm. if you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you enter into not only Christ, but enter into me, Mm -hmm. I will perform the work. Mm -hmm. You just have to come for the ride. Mm -hmm. You know, people may think, well, why don't I come see you, David? Well, because you're not going along for the ride. And if you're not finding an answer, it's either God has not put that right person in your path, you know, on, on, the, mm-hmm. on the road mm-hmm. so that you can encounter them along the way, or you're just not listening, or maybe you are rebellious. Maybe you're stubborn. You've heard and you don't want to listen anymore. Well, like you were saying, mm-hmm. people get defensive. Yes. So I'm going to go to Isaiah 56. Thus saith the Lord, keep ye judgment. That's all I'm talking about is choose. Mm-hmm. Which house are you going to serve? God? Or mammon, Jesus, or the devil. I mean, it really is that simple. Right. You have to keep that in mind. 
and do justice, because that is justice. Why? Not because of my justice or me doing anything. It's because, like you said, cloak of righteousness is Jesus, but I've chosen Jesus. Mm-hmm. He did it the right way. Right. But if I choose him, I am entering into not only Christ, his ministry, I'm also entering into, because of Christ, God. Again, restore. All these things we're talking about restoration, it's about cities, it's about peoples, it's about places, it's about persons, though. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the, even that's the shift. This isn't just about a group of people, ethnicity, a particular religion, right. your world dominance in, in that sort of way, global dominance. It's about Jesus. It's about restoring the person. It's about salvation in a personal dimension. Mm-hmm. Can I go on just yeah, for a few? Sure. Okay. For my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it. Get that? The Sabbath from polluting it and keepeth his hand from doing an evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. Which doesn't mean there won't be individuals that will be separated from the people. We esteem them not smitten of God. He had no place among the living. Talk about Isaiah 53. The eunuch bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. They'll be eunuchs. Mm-hmm. But what he's saying is, don't let the circumstances and situations in a material context steal your joy from you. Mm-hmm. But to really understand this, to be clear, you have to hear his voice. Right. But to hear his voice, you've got to keep the Sabbath. You've got to understand not only rest, but entering into his rest. Mm-hmm. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant, the promise, this is God's promise, even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name. They shall not be cut off. Also, the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant, his promise. This is, this is not just Jewish stuff. This is Jesus stuff. Right. This takes all the racism out of it. This takes all the ethnicity. If we were just to stay on that one side of it, it's just us. All of us are called to be priests. Mm -hmm. All of us are called to be ministers. Mm -hmm. All of us are called to proclaim the message of the Lord. Don't keep it shut up. They'll kill you for it. Some might. And some might die for it. And I don't say that casually. I'm laughing because it's a scary thought to think. But some might. I might. You might. But we need to understand if we can't proclaim the name of Jesus, we've not entered into the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. If we can't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior... We're still not there. Mm -hmm. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit has not been loosed within us because we're holding Him back and as you said, we're grieving Him. We're taking away. We're trying to mute Him. Mm -hmm. And you can't grieve the Holy Spirit. That's the unpardonable sin. That's probably the only thing that you could do that can't be pardoned or forgiven is you don't believe in forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You don't believe in God. You don't believe in Jesus. 
And that just implicitly means you can't operate in it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, wasn't it? It's okay. There's a lot there to it. Whew. And he's also saying, well, you kind of collect your thoughts. <laughs> As I went on a little bit of a... I wasn't air-sucking, though. We used to call those air-sucking preachers. <gasps> I wasn't quite there I've yet. never heard that. Yes. That's good. And I love the... Um, I will give them an everlasting name. This is NIV. It's all there. It's all there. But what he's saying is, there's going to be a change. Mm-hmm. This thing you're going through right now is not to end you or destroy you. It's to bring about the very thing that will sustain and satisfy not once, mm-hmm. not in, oh, I'm hungry, so i got to go get something to eat, and I'll get something right. to eat, and then I'm starting to get hungry again. Mm-hmm. This is going to satisfy eternally. Forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. And His kingdom is established in this. Everything else is going to pass. Everything else is going to change. Mm-hmm. But his kingdom is not of material dimension. Right. And if it is, it's only because we have claimed or laid claim to or received or entered in again mm-hmm. into such fellowship, understood it as God would see it, so that we then can manifest the fruit of that. The eunuchs are going to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. You're not going to be cut off. It just gives you just think you are. It's not going to happen. And, and what I want to get back to the point. But that's for everybody. Mm-hmm. The heathen. But until they come to Jesus, they're not part of the family. Right. You treat them as a heathen and a publican, Jesus says. Mm-hmm. I just was thinking a few days ago about the, the time when we are with, when we're reunited with Jesus. And I was thinking about how that's our reality and you know people say that you know this is um this is the world we live in and yeah we're in it but that time and i was specifically thinking about you know what will we be doing and we'll be with jesus and we'll be living this new life but actually that will be our life and it's really hard to to comprehend you know when you kind of break it down and we just can't understand god and I was looking all the beauty. We were out. Um, have you ever heard of the baby Grand Canyon? I think that's what they call it. It's in New Mexico. Is that the one Evil Knievel jumped? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I used to watch him when I was little. Um, they, oh, I should that, say tried the job. Snake River or whatever it is. Yes, something <laughs> like that. Yes. And these canyons are huge. And I was looking at the beauty of it, and I mentioned to the um, pastor that was there, I said, you know, you see this beauty here on earth. Think about what heaven must be like. But I was thinking about how when we are all reunited with Jesus about what was our life going to look like? What were we going to be doing exactly? <laughs> and not that I don't even care, you know, not that it really matters, but I was, it just kind of came to me, and it really came to me in a strong way, like... Like the time when I was, you know, a kid and I realized if I don't get saved, I'm going to hell. (laughs) I mean, it was kind of dramatic. This thing came to me that it was like, one day you're going to be living that. And I I just had to pause for a moment and thought that's, I mean, it's not only amazing, incredible, but it was very kind of startling to think this isn't, this isn't the whole thing. This isn't our whole 
um, being and calling and you know um, of course obviously I know you know we die and you know we open our eyes if we're followers of Christ and believe in absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and we'll open our eyes with him and I understand that but that's our life and it just kind of like re it kind of shook me up a little bit because i was like hmm sheep led to the slaughter we get so wrapped up in this life but it just sort of came to me really strongly this isn't really even our life that is going to be our life and i just i don't know it really he who seeks to preserve his life will lose it he who loses his life for my sake gives his life for my Mm -hmm. sake shall gain it and of course it's jesus Mm -hmm. try to tell somebody (laughs) who doesn't know Jesus or doesn't have any of the benefits of the word. Right. That's why we're here. We're here to give them benefit of the word Mm -hmm. so that God is equitable. Mm -hmm. So God isn't prejudiced. So God isn't accused of being only for a single or certain peoples. But if those others, the heathen rage and they don't want to hear and they just want to crucify, it's on blood's on their hands. And if the politicians or the political authorities that be, what is truth? And then they try to wash their hands, it's on them. It's not on me or you. But it's also part of God's plan because that's what's happening to these people here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Israelites, they're learning a lesson. Mm-hmm. It's all about that. But it's not hell. The same fire of hell is a fire that sanctifies. Mm-hmm. And people right. have to understand that. You go through this in a physical way, mm-hmm. but it's how you understand it and what discernment you've been given and whether or not you believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and that there is a better than the material immortal right. existence. But if you don't believe it, mm-hmm. then you're going to be in hell. Right. But it doesn't mean Christians who believe it aren't going to feel a little bit of that because it's scary to go there. I'm going to finish this. Uh, Isaiah 56, verse 6, And the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted unto mine altar. For mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. The Lord God which gathereth the outcasts of Israel saith, Yet will I gather others to him besides those that are gathered unto him. All ye beasts of the field come to devour, yea, all ye beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind, they are all ignorant, they're dumb dogs, they cannot bark. And he's talking again about the, the lost. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine, etc., etc. Live in darkness. That's their choice. Mm-hmm. But to get there, to be in Christ, is to accept Jesus mm-hmm. as far as they are being heaven or being on the right side of that judgment. Mm -hmm. But that's not going to be all. You've got to rest in Him in the sense, too, you've got to keep His Sabbath. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden we're introducing this concept of prayer. Not only are we talking about rest for the weary, (laughs) Spirit of the Lord, Sabbath, but now we're saying prayer. Mm -hmm. And we're certainly continuing to speak of Jesus. Right, and He says... Give them joy in my house of prayer. And then he repeats it again. For my house will be called a house of prayer. 
And did he quote this when he um, overthrew the tables in the temple? Is this the scripture he yes. quoted when he said, my house shall be called a house So there's that are following him that believe, like you said, it's just a simple choice to believe or to not believe. They will have all these benefits and not that there's, like you said, not going to be troubles, but boy, the ones that don't, I mean, lack knowledge, can't speak, lay around, sleep, and ne- they never have enough. Verse 11. They lack understanding. They all turn to their own way. They seek their own gain. And tomorrow... They're doing it themselves. Right. They're not trusting in the Lord. And They're not doing it His way. Right. Which is Hebrews... I'm not Hebrews, but Isaiah 53, suffering sermon. Mm -hmm. And that that song, I heard it on the way to work this morning, that um, honey and the rock, it kind of gets in your head. And I was listening to the words of it, and they were talking about the Israelites. Honey and the rock, manna on the ground... And then the, the singer, the um, artist was um, talking about that song one day and she said, you know, that we have to remind ourselves he's, you know, he's, there's always going to be not just provision, but he's going to be there. And I got to thinking about that and I thought, do I really believe that? Do I believe I'm going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be manna on the ground? Do I really believe that? Or do I just hope it and maybe he'll come through and maybe he won't? You know, that, that's not what he wants. Well, and and he even, even should. You find yourself in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Even should you find yourself out there and there isn't a Moses. There isn't others. There is not a high priest. There's not a covenant in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, a testimony in a box. The Ten Commandments in a box. Mm-hmm. That The Ark mm-hmm. of the Covenant that, that is in a temple, a holy of holies that you can go and see. And even if you're out there and you don't feel like you got a friend left... Mm-hmm. Even if you're out there and you know it's you and the devil out there, mm-hmm. you've got a foundation. Yeah. And, and it's not in a box that you carry around. It's not in tabernacles made of tents or material. Mm-hmm. It's in your heart. Right. But to get it from the outward to the inward, from just a good thought to something that you claim, it's not right. that that creates a good thoughts do not create the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. Right. The seed is in you. But the good thoughts allow the seed to take root. The good thoughts allow the seed to align your thinking up. To put the devil underfoot. To do what Jesus did when he was tempted in the wilderness. That's the answer. So here we go. Hebrews 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, be respectful, fear. (laughs) Maybe it's respect. Let's just make it legitimately fear. Lest a promise or the covenant, God's promise unto you of rest, that he'll perform the work, that it's all good. It's going to work out in the end. He's not going to forsake you or abandon you. You're not going to be left alone. You're not going to end up just being a suffering servant. There's resurrection power in the name of Jesus. Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. Mm-hmm. That's Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But it's not a day, as we'll find out. It's a, it's a lens. Mm-hmm. It's a template. It's a way to look at it. Right. It's God's way of looking at it as much as He could ever articulate it in such terms that we could even remotely begin to consciously comprehend it. Mm-hmm. It's so that we He engenders our cooperation. We need to cooperate lest we destroy ourselves and live like heathen. 
We need to cooperate and hold fast to the word, the testimony, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And what is it? It works. God is true. His covenant, his promise is true. Lest a promise being left us of entering into him. And that's what Isaiah is. And that's what this is. We're reading it. This is the promise. This was forgiven by God to Isaiah, probably before Isaiah, but reminder of it to the children of Israel when they needed it the most, when they were going through the worst of worst of times and with more prophecy, expectation, prophecy of more or worse even to come. They were getting ready to go into exile. Mm-hmm. Everything that they owned was about to be stripped from them, taken from them, lest there be vacant wilderness <laughs> for a few folks that they decided mercifully, maybe, maybe it's just for the sake of somebody needs to occupy the space or somebody else is going to come along and take it. They left a few of them there, but most of them were hauled off, mm-hmm. carted off, eventually to Babylon. Of entering into his rest... Any of you shall seem or should seem to come short of it. That's what we're saying. Don't fall short of it. It's there. But that's salvation. Don't come short of your salvation. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. You can't be quiet. You have to speak it, Ezekiel. If you don't, the blood is on your shoulders, your head. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath. He's, this is Isaiah. Paul is preaching the sermon that he's preaching here in Hebrews 4 based on the text or the context of Isaiah. There's precedent. God said it, the fulfillment of it, it's coming. It's coming, Jesus already for Paul. Right. It's coming, the Sabbath day rest. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Jesus wins. God wins. It wins. He wins. It turns out, it being the world, the material manifestation, he wins that back for us. So we might have victory. But don't go giving your cast your pearls before swine. It won't work. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day for all, from all his works, as you said earlier, Carolyn. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some may, must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. And of course, Paul speaking to the Hebrew people. Again, he limiteth a certain day, limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. This is a sermon we've been preaching. This is what we've been talking about on the podcast. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest of the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, if you're going to Follow the covenant if you're going to obey the, the, the righteousness, the, the, the Sabbath, the commandment of God. This is it. This is your labor. 
For he that has entered his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, of the joint and morrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked. You can't hide out. Adam and Eve was not, were not hiding from God. They thought they were. You can't run from reality. You can't run from truth. You can't run from God. You can try to, but there's hell. Hell to pay. And you still don't run from Him because you still live eternally in hell. Right. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. And then it goes on to explain Isaiah 53. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So then let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus is our great high priest, and we are also, as a... C.S. Lewis, I like that little saying where he says, we're many Christs. We also are little mini priests, and that's how we share. But we have the high priest who's able to understand us completely. And I thought about that when you said he gave us the word, he explained it. And I thought in my mind, <laughs> he wanted us to make sure we understood it so much that he sent a physical manifestation of it he to sh- us. He, he showed it. He so sent himself. Yeah. And I mean, he just... Isaiah speaks How to much that. more plainer can it be to see something with your own eyes? And I think about Thomas. Let me see. We see something with your own eyes and to watch it and live with him and see how he reacts and see him get tired, see him need rest, see him angry, see him all the emotions that we have and be faced with persecution and even temptation, even when Satan knew his weak spots when he was tired and hungry. And yet we see how he responded. We don't only just have the scripture, but we have Jesus, who is God, but that manifestation, our high priest. We can go to him and find mercy and grace when we need it, just like Jesus did. But you've got to see it that way. That lens we have to put on. You have to believe it. Mm, Yeah. Not only it, but in him. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to manifest himself. If you're going to preach the Spirit's upon you, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. You can't do it out of intellect. Right. Because everybody's going to figure that one out. You'll, you'll convince some folks. You'll hype them up a bit. Mm-hmm. But if you're not really demonstrating the true example of Isaiah 53, you are not going to experience, I think it was 61, mm-hmm. where we're talking about the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do that. It's become as a child. Because he says that we need to come as a child, not a PhD, not a person that went to seminary or, you know, a missionary. We're to come as a child and just simply believe. But, you know, I was thinking, you said that lens, if we handed somebody these lenses and said, here, put these on and you, you'll see everything differently, 
they don't just automatically put them on. And so therein lies the struggle. And, you know, if we, counseling. Live, if, we leave, if we live Jesus in front of them, hopefully they will put those lenses on. And that's it's, the goal. That's know, what that's we do. Right. And we're true to it. Right. I mean, we try to be true to it. Mm-hmm. And, and there's plenty of places along the way where the day's getting long and I've seen like five people and I'm getting tired and I just want to go home and the person's not cooperating and there's strongholds. And, but God always delivers. Mm-hmm. That's a personal testimony, but He always delivers. Mm-hmm. His Spirit always comes forth. People don't always receive it. Right. Sometimes they reject it. Mm-hmm. It's like these podcasts. He always delivers. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I think he always delivers. Mm-hmm. And it's what he wants us to do. But he doesn't want us just to say it. Right. He wants us to live it. But he yes. not only wants us to live it, he wants us to do it with integrity. Mm-hmm. But it's from the inside out, folks. It's not from the outside in. It's not anything Egypt is going to do for you. Right. It's not anything that Assyria is going to do against you. Mm-hmm. It's not anything I'm going to do for you or do against you. If you can't find salvation in Jesus Christ, it's on you. I can help you. I can provide the word. I can offer the template by the word of my blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I can show in a personal dimension my convictions. But if you don't receive them, it's on you. I can't save you, but I'm not going to go join you. I am not. I am not going to bow a knee to bail. I am not going to join you. Mm-hmm. Don't come to my church. Don't come to our offices telling me you're an atheist and that that's a better way of, of, of living life, especially through covenants. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to kick you out. It doesn't mean I'm going to argue against you. It does not mean that I'm not going to try to help you. But if your job or your intention is to persuade me there is no such thing as Jesus Christ or God or salvation, you're not going to win. Right. Now, I may not be able to say it as bluntly to you, if you come see me, because I don't want to hurt you. Right, right. But that's why God gives us a podcast. Mm-hmm. Because I can say it that bluntly here, and it's not about any particular person. It's about all peoples Mm -hmm. who are heathen Mm -hmm. and who do not want to make that most critical of judgments. Mm -hmm. It's only one. Are you going to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior or not? Unless our listeners think that we're sitting on a platform looking down on them, waiting to make their choice, we need to remind you our podcast listeners, that we were in that spot ourselves at one point before we made our choice as to what we were going to believe. So there's no judgment there. We're we're judging as far as if you've said yes or no to Jesus, but we were in your spot at one point. Everybody has to come to that point where they choose yes or no, Jesus or not. Everybody. And so you're not special or alone or anything like that we've all had to make that choice and we were there i mean all has sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and so all need saving in jesus christ we're not here to um of course we're going to tell you about how good our jesus is and and god and how his providence and sovereignty and all the great things about it but honestly, when you see our life and see that we can live that in peace and rest, despite everything going on around us, you'll see the lens that we're wearing, and then you'll want that too. 
And everything gets better. Mm-hmm. Right. And I try and there's to a, There's that. a legion of angels that will minister unto you even as they did Jesus Christ mm-hmm. once you overcome the temptations. Right. But you've got to not, and you can't, I mean, why would you come see somebody who says covenant specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling ministry, and expect to receive anything but? It would seem like that would be somewhat of already in and of itself Mm -hmm. uh, a prejudice Mm -hmm. that we're going to be humanistic. Well, I'm not humanistic. Now, in my more clinical practice, where I am bound to help anybody and everybody, I cannot have liberty to say the things I'm saying on the podcast as I'm saying on the podcast. But if you come see me, I'm going to still disclose I have a Christian paradigm. Mm-hmm. I, otherwise, I'm lying to you. Right. right. But I don't have any problems separating what your choice is from my choice mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. And I will give you the best I can, even if it's all humanistic. Why would I want to withhold any good thing from you? God doesn't withhold any good thing from us. Right. But at the same time, I think I'm preaching not to elites or elitism mm-hmm. or, or prejudice or us only a certain people with the idea in mind that it's all kind of conspiracy mm-hmm. and it's right wing and it's left wing. or it's what. No, I'm just saying if you're going to come to a Christian counseling place, mm-hmm. why would you expect to get anything but Christ? Right. And if you do, why would you go back if you're a Christian? Mm-hmm. Unless you want to fight with them. And if you're going to fight with me, I'm still going to fight fair. You know, I'm not going to beat you up. Right. I'm going to try to do the best I can to present it in the best way I know how. But it's still going to come down to, if you want to get better, mm-hmm. I'm not going to save you. Right. Jesus saves you. Right. Exactly. I can help you. But I can't save you. Yes. Only Jesus saves you. But I do believe that we are called to be as Christ, the suffering servant. And we all have the opportunity to minister the gospel as with the Spirit of the Lord being upon us. Mm-hmm. And in that way, we do set the captives free. Mm-hmm. But you still may be in bondage in a physical dimension. <laughs> but you know eternally, your soul is freed. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have the keys to the jail. You know, I, I don't have any sort of inside tracks with the judges. I, you know, I, I'm not politically, I might be politically minded, but I'm not politically endowed or politically directed in the sense of activity or persuasion. Mm-hmm. I just tell, I just literally tell someone about a book that really changed a lot of my thought processes called He Came to Set the Captives Free. And I sort of struggled with that as a new Christian, you know, freedom and people talk about being free. And I thought, well, I didn't understand what they meant. You know, I thought, well, I thought I was free. I chose Jesus. (laughs) And there is as much we can have as much as him as we want, but it's as much as we allow. And I heard this illustration one time and it really spoke to me. And it was about an orphanage that... um, the children, you know, they were very limited on rations and very limited on food. And so this child got adopted, and it was Russian, I think, that the orphanage and the child went home. And so, you know, they, the parents, of course, were trying to do everything and make him happy. And, you know, here's your first meal. And they fixed something, you know, that they thought he would like. And they poured the glass of milk, and they put all this down in front of him. And... Then he said, um, when he picked up his little glass of milk, and he said, um, how far? And they were confused, and they were like, what do you mean, how far what? He said, how far can I drink? 
And the parents looked at him like, what are you talking about? And he said, where I come from, there was lines. And you could drink down to that line. And then you pass the cup to the next person, and they could drink to that line. And the parents, fighting back tears, said, you can drink as much as you want because you're in our house now. And you can have everything that we have. Everything we have is yours. And you can have as much of it as you want. And I, I, that just really spoke to me because I feel like Christ is offering us everything, all of Him. But sometimes we only take a little bit. And it's sad, and it makes me sad for that little boy in the illustration, but it makes me sad for myself because am I doing that? Am I looking for the line and I can only have this much? Maybe I haven't done enough to deserve the second line, or maybe I don't feel like I'm as good enough. To, you know, maybe if I do this or that, then maybe, you know, then I can. He says we can have as much of them as we want. And That's I want so to offer as much we can, and and to our our uh, the clients that come see us, the the people that come see us, the persons that come see us, and with that, I want to help them. But it really, if they don't have Jesus. Right. I'm not going to be able to give them the best. Right. I can give them a portion. That's the answer. That's the Jesus answer. Jesus is the so answer. So how do folks get a hold of us? Well, the easiest way is to call us, 304-528-9220. Or you can email us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. Or go online, covenantsonline.com. And, of course, we're on Facebook under Covenants. And as much you are listening, still... <laughs> listening to what is covenants specialized pastoral care services christian counseling ministry with carolyn barnett and dave clay and we would want to invite you back for our next podcast and until then carolyn what should we say be blessed be blessed